مرحبا اسمي جوليا عزيز انا طالبه بجامعه سان فرانسيسكو عم بدرس اداره اعمال So my name is Julia Aziz and that's Aziz in Arabic. Um, I'm a business major and I'm here talking about Syria. Hi, you're listening to Trump 101. I'm Katie Ward. I'm Ali DeFazio. I'm Raquel Gonzalez. And I'm Gabriel Greshler. This is the podcast about President Donald Trump's effect on universities. President Donald Trump's initial executive order for the travel ban specifically targeted Julia's home country of Syria. The proposed order directly prohibited Syrian refugees from entering the United States indefinitely. After political unrest and lawsuits against the Department of Homeland Security, that proposal was dropped. Just this past Monday, March 6th, Trump announced his new plan. The new order mandates that all refugees trying to enter the country, including those from Syria, will be subject to a 120-day suspension of the program. So just to preface this episode, this is not your typical Syrian refugee story. Julia was raised in a safer neighborhood of Damascus, which is the capital of Syria. She's been a student at the University of San Francisco for three years now, and she has joint Syrian-American citizenship, which makes her case especially unique. Uh, my parents, um, they were both living here in the U.S. when they got married. Um, so me and my sister were born here in the U.S. And then uh, we moved back to Syria when I was two. And um, I've been there ever since. I was definitely like privileged to like, go to an all-American like school. Or it was actually owned by the British Embassy, but like it was an all-English school. So that's mm. how like my language is like pretty good. I'm like happy about that. And then, like, my family, they raised us in, a, like, a household where, like, English was, like, a common, like, spoken language. When the war started, like, everyone saw it coming. My my dad, like, I remember my dad told me that it, like, the next few years are going to be bad for us. When did he say that? He remember? said that, like, around, like, the Arab Spring when nothing in Syria was happening, but it was, like, still happening in Egypt. Okay. So, like, we were watching the news, and he was like... It's coming for us, you know? So growing up in Syria, it wasn't like, it wasn't much different from like growing up here. It was like a busy city, like life was like normal until like the war started. And that's when it like got bad and it got ugly. I remember like being in high school, like I was looking forward to graduating and leaving the country. Um, I was living in Damascus, Syria. Damascus is the capital, and pretty much nothing really happens in Damascus. We just hear like the suburbs, like they're being bombed, people are under siege and stuff like that. But it's basically just like the Hunger Games, where the capital is like hmm. living lavish lives, and then like all the other districts are really like going through hell. Criticizing the government or talking anything um, like outside of that narrow like space where like talking about like the president or like the government or policies that they have, it was like not allowed outside of like four walls, you know, so we were like very shielded, like no one could really like speak their mind. So like I knew that there was like something wrong in the government that needed to change. 
but no one really talked about it because it wasn't allowed. It was like wake up in the morning and my dad would be like brewing American coffee and we would like just sit on the table, have breakfast and my dad would watch the news and he would like talk about like what he's thinking of the news. So um, I'm, I'm like really happy that I grew up in that like kind of scene because I was, I was taught to like kind of pay attention to the news that's going on and not only not letting the news like affect the way I think. This element of Julia's upbringing was especially important because after the war started, Syrian news broadcasted facts that directly contradicted the news outside of Syria. For example, when Al Jazeera reported the violence that occurred in many of Syria's cities, a documentary aired on Adunya, which is a channel owned by the cousin of President Bashar al-Assad. This documentary alleged that news footage of the devastated areas was filmed on sets with actors. They insinuated that it was all at the hands of French, American, and Israeli directors. Yeah. So they were trying to like influence people to like think a different way, and that was really uh, when I stopped watching news because hmm. I didn't want to like have my own thoughts and my own opinions like be dictated by like wrongful news. So what do you think now when you see? Like Trump saying fake news. I like the New York Times is fake yeah, news. Yeah, it's just ironic to me, to be honest. It's just Prince ironic to me. Can you, st- can you stay categorically? You are fake news. Sir, Go ahead. can you stay categorically that nobody. No, Mr. President elect, that's not Go appropriate. Ahead. So it, it started March of 2011. Um, summer everyone left like i remember two of my best friends they like moved to london that summer saying goodbye like we really didn't know when we're gonna like see each other again so we were like hoping that like the summer would be over and they would come back so that they can like start school again but that wasn't really the case and they like they've been in london ever since so it was it like really hit me and that's when i like was starting to like get emotional and like just like sad about like everything that was going on um i was just like happy to like be with my parents and like my family and they were like my greatest support like during that time the second semester one of my best friends she came back and um like i was just happy to like see someone like come back you know so that kind of gave me hope but i mean no one else came back one of my my classmates in high school he passed away because um, the neighborhood that he lived in, uh, it was like severely like bombed for like a few days, and he passed away. And just hearing that news, like it was just unreal to me. How did your I friends in your school it. handle it? They they were all like, I don't I don't honestly I don't know like because people hear a lot about like people passing away, you know, like it, it just became part of our daily life. Like oh like that person passed away. Like oh that area is being bombed right now. Like, oh, that area doesn't have like electricity or water right now. Mm. So we would like hear it as part of like our daily lives. And of course it was like shocking to me because I knew that person. I like, I was in class with him. Like we studied the same subject together, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it was definitely like sad to hear that. And I'm just like, I prayed for him. And I mean, I prayed for his parents. Like that's probably like really, like they're probably going through hell. Where, where 
in Syria was so it was kind of they? like in Damascus, but it was like in the suburbs okay. of Damascus. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it was like kind of the one thing that pierced the bubble of this kind of basically life basically. in Damascus. Exactly. That's interesting. Exactly. Wow. Julia made her first trip back to Syria before Trump was elected. This was last summer, and she hadn't seen her family in nearly two years. She was pretty shocked by how much her home had changed. And um, so two things that really like surprised me is um, the prices, the pricings of everything were like not only doubling, but like tripling and like even more. And that was just like shocking to me. Like I knew that like prices were going up. Being there and like seeing like that, like the inflation like going on, it was just crazy to me because most of the people like are can't even afford it. And so it's like, how are they like living? Like, did you see? Yeah. And living like situation, like most of the people can't even afford like getting vegetables or like getting like chicken to like cook, you know. And the second thing that was surprising to me is that people were going out like all the time every single night people were going out to restaurants and like more bars and like clubs were opening up and i was like yeah so that was like really surprising to me but like it kind of makes sense because life didn't stop like even though we're going through a war like we can't really slow life down like people want to go out want to have fun want to forget all about like the stresses that they're going through While I was there, there was like some sort of like political like uncertainty going on in Turkey. There were people like protesting against the president of Turkey, and obviously like Turkey and Syria right now are not on such good terms. Mm-hmm. So that night when that news broke out, people were shooting in the air everywhere. Like, oh, and wow. it's not only like civilians. Like the army. Um, that would like stand on checkpoints and they would like check the IDs for people <laughs> they were shooting in the air. And it was literally like shooting everywhere. Oh my like my my parents were were in our like farm, which was like in the suburbs. Mm-hmm. So it was only me and my sister in the house. And my aunt, like she called us and she was like freaking out. She was like, oh my God, are you safe? Like, are you home? Please like don't sit next to like any windows or anything like that. And I'll come to you like if anything yeah. happens. Where were you at that, that time? <laughs> Okay, so my parents think I was home, but I was actually out. (laughs) (laughs) My parents thought that I was home, but I was actually out. And I, like, I, like, tried to, like, get home as soon as possible because I was, like, so scared. I was, uh, I was out with a friend and he was, like, so scared, too. And my sister was all alone, like, in the house. So, like, I, I was kind of worried about her. Like, how would she, like, deal in a situation like this? Julia and her family considered moving to the United States in her senior year of high school, but her mother and her brother didn't have American citizenship. In light of Trump's temporary ban on Syrian refugees, this possibility looks even bleaker. It's only me, my dad, and my sister who have the American citizenship. So it was kind of hard for us because, because we would have to like apply for visas for my mom and my brother and like resettle like in a different country. So we thought that was like very like unnecessary and we always like had hope that like it would just be like a year and it would go back to normal. Mm-hmm. But that never happened. Yeah. Oh, okay. So your family, where are they right now? They're in Syria. They're all in Syria still? All in Syria. Wow. So when's the next time we'll be able to see them?
We're going to have a very, very strict ban, and we're going to have extreme vetting, which we should have had in this country for many years. Thank you, everybody. Thank, Thank you. you very much. It's just unfair. Like the situation going on, or the situation going on, like there's separating families like my family is right now separated because like mm -hmm. two of my family members have the citizenship but then two others don't have it and i just like it's unfair to me and we're not from a terrorist country the terrorism that was happening is like from third parties that are coming into syria and like fighting in the name of, of like isis what's what is your and your family's plan for the next couple of years are they trying to come to america or are you trying to go back to syria I feel like um, them coming to America, like, I definitely want that to happen, but I feel like at this point, like, it, it probably is not the, like, best idea because obviously like, my, my, my mom's family is all in Syria, like, they're just settled in Syria, so it's going to be, like, really hard for them to, like, resettle now, but I definitely want that to be an option for us because I'm, I just don't want my brother to grow up there, like... Mm. I, I had a good childhood because there wasn't any war like for me growing up when I was nine years old, but right now like it's a war zone and that's all he knows. I feel like people in Syria who want to come to America, they don't have a choice. You know, like they don't have a choice. It's not like they're choosing to, to leave and like resettle in a different country that like speaks a different language they're forced to do that like no syrian would want to leave their country no syrian would want to leave their their house their family like the place that they grew up in but they're kind of forced at this point yeah. so you can't really take that away from someone because they're literally just like looking for somewhere where they can be like safe yeah, yeah. where they can like live a, a happy life how can you find it in your heart to like stop someone from having that. According to a recent report from the UN's main refugee agency, an estimated 5 million Syrian people have been displaced since the beginning of the war. A majority of those people fled to Turkey, and others have moved to Lebanon, Jordan, and Iraq. Trump's strict immigration statements against refugees would not help to alleviate any of the pressure that's already been placed on these countries. Even with his new plan that would delay refugees from entering the country, he has no intention of accepting more than 50,000 refugees total, not just from Syria, but total. Everything I would do, like, I would just think, like, okay, I'm so blessed to be able to do this. Like, I'm so blessed to be able to, like, leave my house and, like, knowing that I'll, I'll come back and, like, my house will still be there and it's not, like, down to the ground, you know? Every waking moment <clears throat> for me was just, like just basically me thanking God that okay I'm I'm alive I'm well my family's alive and well we are surviving this and I'm like truly blessed to be able to say that yeah at this moment so because I know that like someone out there like probably like just another girl out there same age same like ambitions yeah. is not able to say the same thing that mm -hmm. I'm able to say At this moment right now, I don't want to go back to Syria. The only way that I would ever go back to Syria is if I'm capable and able to make a change, you know? Because I want to be able to go back to Syria and rebuild the economy like that's been like going downhill like ever since the war started. Yeah. So I definitely, like I'm a business major right now 
and um, I want to work for a few years to like gain real life experience so that I can like go back and actually make a change. Mm. No, it's good. Yeah. You're going to have a one-on-one with Assad and tell him what you think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if he'll let me, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll, we'll try to get him in here. <laughs> we'll him in yeah, we'll, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Get him in this interview. Yeah. Um, I just hope that my parents are able to like come here to watch me graduate. Mm. That's like my only thing right now. Like I just want them to watch me graduate because I just hope that I'm like making them proud. You know, it's like hard for them to like say goodbye to their daughter and like have her leave, and I'm like the only one in my family who left. You know, yeah. so I just like want to make them proud. Thank you for listening to the second episode of Trump 101, the podcast where we tell the stories of university community members affected by the Trump administration. You can listen to more of our work at Trump101podcast.com and follow us at Trump101podcast on Twitter and Facebook. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. Special thanks to Julia Aziz for sharing her story. Thank you to the University of San Francisco Media Lab for providing the studio and equipment. And huge thanks to Tin Den for graphic design and Maloney for our intro song and the song you're listening to right now. You can see more of their work at our website, trump101podcast.com. News clips are provided by Alec Baria TV, CNN, and the Golden State Times. Thank you to all our listeners. Unfortunately, Trump 101 will not have an episode next week because it's spring break. Woohoo! Ali and I will be going to New York for a college media convention. Um, Heck and yeah. Gabe, where are you going? Off to LA for apartment hunting and sunshine. Ooh. I will be going to Cuba and primarily being in Havana. Sounds fun. So Thanks travels. for listening in. Everyone have a great couple weeks without Trump 101. We'll miss you. Bye. Yes, we'll miss you. <laughs> Bye.